0: Our reading this evening is taken from Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 to 14, and can be found on page 90 of the Church Bibles. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the desert, and came to Horeb to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I'll go over and see this strange sight. Why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he'd gone over to look, God called out to him from within the bush. Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I've indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of the slave drivers and I'm concerned about their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land. A land flown with milk and honey. The home of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, Bezerites, Hippites and the Jebusites. And now the cry of Israel has reached me. And I've seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you'll worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your father has sent me to you. And they ask me, What is his name? Then what shall I tell them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. May the Lord bless that greeting to each one of us.
1: Thank you, Peter. Let's pray. Almighty God, we thank you for your word and we pray that as we look at it this evening, we will learn more of the wonder of who you are, that our lives will be enriched in your service and we ask it for the sake of Jesus our Lord. Amen. When I um, first started studying to be uh, for my reader ministry, one of the first things I was told was never apologize before you start talking. Well, this isn't actually an apology. But um, this week, our computer went sick and is in hospital at the moment. So I've had to resort to scribbling on paper my notes for this evening. I hope I can read my writing. No computer means, of course, I had no PowerPoint. But thanks to Sarah, We had a very impressive few moments before the service. And one of those pictures really was amazing, wasn't it? The one of the burning bush. We're continuing our series this evening when we're looking at some of the names by which God revealed himself. And the impact that the names, because there are different names with different impacts, but the impact they can have that they had on the lives of the people they were revealed to and on our lives as we seek to live out our faith. And last week, Graham introduced us to the most common name used of God, which is Yahweh. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that because I was talking with him this morning. He led our communion service this morning. And in a sense... His talk followed mine, (laughs) follows mine. Um, But Andrew Wilson, whose book we're using to guide us through these series, puts Yahweh before our theme for tonight, I am who I am. I really recommend this book. It's called Incomparable. And it's uh, Andrew Wilson. It's just a series of very, very short chapters, wonderful chapters about the one who is incomparable. And in the middle of it, there is this section dealing with the names of God that we're following through on Sunday evenings. Andrew tells us in his book that the name Yahweh occurs over 6,800 times in the Bible, 6,800 times. That's amazing. It never occurred to me that that was so. But this evening, we're looking at the name, which is the original, in a sense, of the name of Yahweh. I'm sure that our reading this evening is quite familiar to most, if not all of us. The story of the burning bush and of God speaking to Moses from it is so well known. A few years ago, Anne and I were on a coach trip through Egypt, heading down to the Red Sea. And we were shown the site where Moses encountered that burning bush. Or did we? I don't know. Is it really the place... I don't know, and for me, it's not important to know where it happened, that picture we had of a bush in the desert burning. What is important is that it did take place. Moses, as we heard, was looking after his father-in-law's flock. He was out tending the sheep, and he led the flock out into the desert, came to Horeb, the mountain of God, and... There was a bush, a light, but it didn't burn up. There were no bits of ash flying around. If you've ever had a bonfire, you know what I mean. One of our neighbours had one recently, and as I walked back from church up the drive, there were bits of ash flying around. This didn't happen. The bush was alight, but there was no burning up. So Moses, as I guess any of us would have done, said, I'm going to go over and see this strange sight. Why it doesn't burn up. And then God called to him from the bush. God called Moses. Moses. And throughout Scripture, there are many occasions where, when God speaks to people, he uses the name twice. Abram. Abram, Moses, Moses. It's an important encounter. And Moses hears God speak. Take off your sandals. Where you're standing is holy ground. And then God says, I'm the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And at this Moses hid his face. Because he was afraid to look at God. I don't know that he would have seen God. Because we're told that nobody has seen God. But he was afraid that he might perhaps. So he hid his face. No wonder he was afraid hearing God speaking from a burning bush. And the Lord says, I've heard the despair of my people. I'm going to rescue them. And you, Moses, are the one who's going to do it. I'm going to rescue them. You're the one who's going to go. And it's no surprise, Moses said, who, me? Well, something like that. God calls people to do things, but he doesn't leave them to do it on their own strength. I'm going to rescue them. You're going to go. But I will be with you. That's an amazing promise. But you know that promise is for each one of us in our walk with the Lord. I will be with you. He is with each one of us. Not when we're facing burning bushes. Every moment of every day, waking or sleeping, God is with us. And yet, not surprisingly, even that promise doesn't fully satisfy Moses. And he knows that he's speaking with the God of his fathers. God has said, I'm the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. What shall I tell them when they ask who sent me? What your name is? You know, before this event, there are other names of god this is only in exodus chapter 3 and yet already we have seen we will see in scripture if we look through other names of god in genesis 13 before abram became abraham we read that he is god most high in genesis 17 when abram before he became abraham God revealed him to himself as God Almighty. Again in Genesis, in chapter 3, when he became Abraham, God said, I am the Lord, the eternal God. Different names of God to fit different situations. And one we may be looking at a bit later as we look at the names of God. Abraham, when he was about to sacrifice his son, the Lord provided the lamb instead. And Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide a name of God. So there are other names of God before this. And yet Moses, for some reason, wants a name to speak to the people that will perhaps encourage them, challenge them, inspire them to follow him. And God says, I am who I am. As you'll see in the margin of many Bibles, I will be what I will be. I am. I have no equal. I have no beginning, as we sang. I have no end. I am. I um, taught maths for quite a long time. And uh, one of the reasons I love maths is that it's logical. You know, one plus one equals two. Two equals one plus one. Very simple. God equals God. God Equals God. You cannot put anything on the other side of that equation. God is. And that's it. God is. Um, A a scientist recently, I wish I'd remembered his name, was looking at the stars, the planets, the universe, and he came to a realization of God Based on mathematics and it was about the 23 and a bit degrees off upright that this earth revolves this planet if it was a fraction of a degree out we wouldn't be here and the scientist came to the conclusion God is I am, and that's where the consonants uh, Y-H-W-H are found, Yahweh. And as I said, in in a way, this week should have preceded last week, but it doesn't matter. The name Yahweh is a name that can be found before this event, even as far back as Genesis 2. When you read your Bible... Look at the name Lord. And if it's written in capital letters, that's Yahweh. 6,800 plus times. Yahweh. But I Am reveals that this God who is speaking to Moses is unchanging and forever. And we'll see in a little while that this name has great power. You know, the Jews never spoke the name of God. They never spoke the name of God because they recognized his holiness. How awesome he was, as we've been singing. He is almighty. Speaking that name aloud was totally forbidden. And instead, they used the word Adonai, which is Lord. Capital letters, L O. R-D, Yahweh. As I said, I am speaks of the eternal, unchanging nature of God. And yet, within that unchangeableness, if there's such a word, is a love which becomes whatever we need, whatever our situation. He's unchanging, and yet he's capable of meeting God every situation we face. We'll see that as we move on into the Lord, into the New Testament. I'm sure all of you have heard sermons about the seven I Ams found in John. I know I've preached about all of them at various times over the last 132 years I've been doing this. (laughs) Um, But before we take a brief look at those, I want to draw our attention to two other instances of this wonderful name of God. I'm trying to anchor my notes because it's a bit awkward with these little bits of paper. The first one occurs in John 8, 58. And it's Jesus is being challenged about who he is. I lost the page. There it is. Jesus is being challenged who he is. Do you have any authority to teach? The Jews cannot accept that he has the words of eternal life. And Jesus says, Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. And the Jews, I mean, I'm sure they laughed. You're not yet 50 years old. And you've seen Abraham. And Jesus says, I tell you the truth. Before Abraham was born, I am. And that astounded them. They wanted to kill him. They picked up stones to stone him. That is so powerful. I am, before Abraham was. And that is one of the claims of Jesus to the divinity. Before Abraham was, I am. Jesus said, "Abram rejoiced to see his day. And that response should leave us in no doubt as to the divinity of Jesus father son and holy spirit the son jesus god in person this is god speaking god the son in in the greek i don't understand hebrew at all i can't read even a letter but i do know a little bit of greek and these words ego i me i am are incredibly powerful And uh, that power can be seen towards the end of Jesus' life as well. When the, just before his crucifixion, he goes to a garden with the disciples. And Judas knew where he was going to be. And Judas came to the grove, guiding a detachment of soldiers, officials from the chief priests, Pharisees, And Jesus knew what they wanted. He said, who is it you want? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus said, ego, I me. Probably not like that. I am. And when he said that, they fell to the ground. The power of that. You know, we read that Jesus gave himself for us. As Graham reminded us this morning, he went to that cross for each one of us. He could have called all the armies of heaven to come to his defense. That's the power that he had. I am. And yet he gave himself for each one of us. The name of God is powerful. Don't dare misuse it as i said earlier the name i am speaks of the unchanging eternal nature of god and yet he is as i said he's the god of love and he'll meet our every need and it's no accident that seven times in john's gospel in his teaching jesus uses those two words ego i me i am to reveal more of his nature, more of his care and love for us, and more of what it means to be part of his kingdom, of his family. I had hoped to put these up on a slide, but of course that's gone. So I'm gonna, you am going to have to bear with me and I turn over the pages. In John 6.35, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. He's not speaking about what you're going to have for supper after we leave this service. He's speaking about eternal food and drink, to be with him forever. And at communion, we share bread, sharing in a spiritual way, The body of Christ, which offers to each one of us life everlasting. As I said, I'm going to be looking at these very briefly. In John 8, verse 12, Jesus speaking to the people says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Yes, there is a battle going on, a spiritual battle. And the enemy would fill our lives with darkness. But Jesus is the light of the world. And we all have a choice to make. To walk in his glorious light. Or to remain in the darkness of unforgiven sin. I think it's great that when we start our worship, we acknowledge our need of his forgiveness. And accept. Two A's. Acknowledge and accept. Acknowledge our need Accept what he did for us on the cross, his forgiveness. On another occasion, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, I am the door for the sheep, I'm the gate for the sheep. I'm the gate, whoever enters through me will be saved. Jesus alone is the key to the way to salvation. He's the only way to the new life within the family of God. What a wonderful blessing it is. In the same passage, he says, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He gave his life on the cross so that each one of us might live with him forever one of the most powerful ego imies i believe is found in chapter 11 of john's gospel when lazarus has died and jesus is going to the tomb and mary comes out and says lord if you'd been here with here with us my brother would not have died and Jesus says, your brother will rise again. And Martha, and I, she must have known her Old Testament. She said, I know he'll rise again at the resurrection on the last day. And Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Many years ago, there was a, a film about the life of Jesus. Can't remember the name of it. Can't remember anything about it except that instance, when Martha, no idea who was pra- portrayed, went to Jesus and said, I know he'll rise again at the resurrection. And the actor, looking at her, said, I am the resurrection and the life. And I know it was an actor, but the hairs on the back of my neck stood up, and they still do when I think about it. The power. In those words, just as he brought Lazarus back to life, so he will bring us back to life, but not just to an earthly life like Lazarus, to an eternal life, to be with him forever. We're nearly there, folks. In John 14, Thomas says... I don't know what we're doing, Lord. I don't know where we're going. You're saying about the way. I don't know the way. Well, what way are you talking about? And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He's the one who brings us to the Father. He's the one who reveals the Father's truth. And he is the only source of new life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Immensely powerful, wonderful words which we need to take to heart. And then in John 15, the last of the seven, Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. I am the vine, you. And I'm looking at, Each one of us and me are the branches. Stay attached to Jesus. Stay attached. Stay attached to him. Hold on to him. Learn more about him. Spend time with him. Speak with him. Share with him. He's always ready to listen. Stay attached to him. Because without him, like branches we cut off a tree, they're fit only for the compost heap. I am who I am. As we go through this series, we will learn other names of God, revealing more of his character, more of his nature, more of his attributes, more of the wonder that is this almighty God who created everything, and who loves each one of us. Other names, as I mentioned, God Most High, God Almighty, God Eternal. But what I believe we've been thinking about this evening is, in a sense, the most important of all. I was going to say, put simply, but I really mean, put most profoundly, God is think about it. God is. And this is the amazing thing. He loves each one of us to bits. Hallelujah.